You said that kind of like an Elcor, <laughs> and now I want a new hope, but all Elcor cast. <laughs> that would actually, I'd pay good money to see that. Not even like a little bit of money, probably. I'd, more than I want to actually commit to in a recording, how much I would be willing to pay to see that. Lucasfilm will hold you to it. <laughs> that is probably not inaccurate. I'm just thinking how amazing it would be to, I don't know, just the, <laughs> just the narration alone of like Chewbacca. Chewbacca would actually get some more depth because it would be very clear what was coming across, like concernedly. <laughs> With barely restrained affection. <laughs> <laughs> think of how amazing <laughs> think of how amazing Elcor R2-D2 would be <laughs> emotively beep boop boop beep beep wow <laughs> This is why Elcor Hamlet like went to like 19 sold out tours or something in the real thing because everyone just realized how amazing any Elcor production of anything would be. What do you mean the real thing? In Mass Effect it actually happened that they have in canon things involving Elcor in the historical documents Dustin. <laughs> In the Great Reaper <gasps> War of 25-whatever. <laughs> Welcome to Better Worlds, a podcast exploring geek culture across mediums. I'm Matthew. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> Welcomingly. Professionally. Welcome to Better World, a podcast exploring geek culture across mediums. I'm Elcor Matthew. I'm Elcor Trevor. Oh my god, I don't know what I am. That is the worst Elcor acting I've ever heard, Dustin. I, I, I realize the show notes might not have had as much detail, but... Oh, man. <laughs> mm. Serious face. Serious face. I'm Elcor Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I don't think I did very well. <laughs> it, it's enough to go on. Okay, this oh, is okay. not a Mass Effect themed episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we can probably move on from that. Uh, except we do, we should probably investigate later how amazing a new hope would be as an Elcor version okay I, we might have mined actually the best parts there already but okay these aren't the droids you're looking <laughs> okay deceptively this is not the these aren't the droids you're looking for <laughs> okay 
So I don't know what the specific date is, but we blew through the one-year anniversary of Better Worlds in the middle of our two-part episode on The Last Jedi. So Somehow appropriate. Happy birthday, Better Worlds. This started with Star Wars and it'll end with Star Wars. <laughs> Yay! Is it weird to say happy birthday to ourselves? I mean, people do it all the time, right? Eh, sure. It's not weird if we insert the grunt birthday party. Yay! Well, I think that's about all the celebration we need there. <laughs> but I bought a cake. What's next on the docket? <laughs> Apparently not this cake. Uh, looks like we got some feedback from an, a listener. Oh, yes. We got a lot of feedback on this episode, actually. Um, the past two episodes. It seems people either like it when we have a real topic or they like it when we talk about Star Wars. One of the two. Por que no los dos? Um, okay, so in particular, we wanted to mention that we got an email from listener Aaron and a couple of points. I mentioned in the Last Jedi episode that there was one regular-sized AT-AT among the large walkers that I figured was there to provide scale. And I didn't think it fired at all. Aaron points out that there were actually two AT-ATs that he was able to spot in his second viewing, and at least one of them did fire its weapons. Um, And the second thing I wanted to mention is he found some information somewhere and I I've not seen this myself in a book but I've heard it's in one of the visual guides or something um the bombers in the space fight at the beginning of the movie um apparently the bombs are magnetized so that's what makes them look like they're falling to the target do you find that satisfactory Mr. Physics um no but uh <laughs> I'm not going to argue with it anymore. Okay. That's fair. We don't have to talk about it at length. I've said my piece. <laughs> How rigorously do we need to adhere to physics in Star Wars? Is like right. a legitimate yeah. question. <laughs> no, like, that's why I'm not going to complain about it anymore. Physics is always accurate in Star Wars. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we got all the faster than light travel. We got the laser swords. I just want anything that seems weird to have like a one sentence explanation. I don't care how plausible the explanation is. I just want it to exist. And that's enough for me. So the bombs are magnetized. magnetized. (laughs) QED. (laughs) But yes, thanks to everybody who sent feedback and whatnot. Um, In that same vein of Last Jedi feedback and thoughts, this isn't really podcast feedback I got from people, but I have talked with a lot of people about the movie and almost everybody I've talked with had reservations after their first viewing and then liked the movie a lot more after their second viewing. So I really do think this movie benefits from second viewings, which I have not yet had a chance to do. Same. I now have movie pass, which means I get to go to essentially one movie a day without paying for it. It's like a subscription thing and you just get like unlimited movies. So theoretically I could see this movie like 30 more times, but Betsy doesn't seem too excited about that. She wants to see other movies. Why? I don't know. There aren't 
even that many movies, Trevor. So uh, it turns out there's a lot of them. <laughs> oh. Anyway. A um, lot of movies? Don't see downsizing. That's all I'm going to say about that. Hmm. Isn't he sexist or something? Who? I don't know. Matt Damon. Wasn't there some oh, kind of... I don't know. I just know that Downsizing is a terrible movie and I wish I hadn't seen it. Mm. But I have no desire to dwell on that. They're there. I've literally never been that born in a movie theater before. <laughs> <laughs> that would be another great um, Better Worlds uh, review. Clip it. Downsizing? Please no. I've never been that. <laughs> what? When you said I've never been that bored in a movie before. Oh. I was just doing an episode about our... the most bored we've been. No. <laughs> I was thinking of <laughs> sounds exciting. Of the Ready Player One reviews that we wrote, quote unquote wrote. <laughs> oh right. The okay. story itself is incredibly mediocre or something yeah. like that. I don't remember what the words were. Speaking of AT, ATs. ATM6. Yeah. In our previous episode, I don't recall, well, episodes, I guess. I don't recall if we mentioned what the new walkers were called. Um, Since the recording, we found that they are called ATM6s. ATM6s. So in the Star Wars universe, we have ATAT, which stands for All Terrain Armored Transport. ATST, which stands for All Terrain Scout Transport, ATACT, which stands for All Terrain Armored Cargo Transport, and ATM6, which stands for All Terrain Mega, Mega Caliber 6. <laughs> Does, do any of you guys have any idea what that means? I, When you texted this to me, when you first looked it up, I honestly thought that you were making it up. Yeah. I didn't think there was any chance that was the real name. Um. So, no, I have no idea what it means. Proof positive that this new Star Wars direction team sucks at naming things. We have mega-class Star Destroyers. I was really worried you were going to leave the ATACT off of your list. No, why would I do that? Uh, uh, hmm. <laughs> well, thanks for not leaving it off anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, what's a mega-caliber? What's a Mega Caliber 6? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think anybody does. No, it's it's nothing. That's why. There's no such thing as Mega Caliber. Because Caliber just means sizing. I presume it refers to the giant cannon on its back? Right. But a Caliber... Well, let me just look this up real quick. But I believe that Caliber just means size. Well, okay. So a Caliber on a gun is the diameter of the gun barrel. But I'm thinking of the word caliber itself. Do lasers have calibers? I guess if they have a gun barrel. But what is it that they're shooting? I don't... Lasers. Yeah, right, yeah. I just mean what is coming out of the barrel. Other than uh, it's a beam of light, I get it. Um, in Star Wars, the quote unquote lasers are often um, bolts of plasma, officially speaking. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So, yeah, the the definition of caliber is one, the quality of someone's character or the level of someone's ability, or two, the internal diameter or bore of a gun barrel. 
So what does it mean to be a mega caliber? It just means big, I guess. And it's the sixth big one. Maybe they just mean that these particular walkers have like a really outstanding character (laughs) and internal qualities. Six of them. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it one of them was M6 and then the one next to it was M7 and the to its other side was M5. Like they're, I don't know. That's stupid. Any way you look at it, it's dumb. So chalk that up there with the mega class star destroyer. Yeah. Which did we talk about that on the episode? Briefly in the episode where we talked about the standard Cretaceous asteroid. Okay. So yeah, the, the naming system for the star destroyer classes in the past was consistent with how actual ships are ship classes are named. They're named after the first ship of that class. Right. But yeah. What is Snoke's ship? The supremacy? Yes. Yeah. Supremacy class star destroyer would be a just fine name. Yeah. That would be a great name. Alas, but it doesn't have the word mega. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Mega supremacy class. I'm surprised it wasn't an MTM6, like a mega terrain. A, maybe it could be like a, an SDM6. I don't know. Star Destroyer, Mega Caliber. No, it'd be more than six because (laughs) it's way bigger. So it'd be like a Mega Caliber 5000 or something. I bet ATM6 actually stands for all the terrains. Mega Caliber 6. <laughs> All the terrains? All the terrains. All the terrains. Went big gun 6. It's a big gun. It's got a big gun. <laughs> Did you want to talk about the popular mechanics article at all? No, I didn't. Okay. But that's where I... F- I guess we can put that in the show notes. Um, I think that's where I saw the naming of the new walkers. And... They, the article was talking about the impracticality of walkers as a combat vehicle. Um, and I say shun the non-believers. Mm-hmm. And they brought it up to mention that the ATM6 is by far the most impractical walker so far. Right. But in the process, they say that the ATAT is garbage as well. And my response to that would be, it's kind of intentional. Um the point of the walkers is intimidation. And so it's sort of like the tactical version of conspicuous consumption. It's like um, a conspicuous tactical inefficiency. It's saying, we are going to beat you so badly that we don't even care how inefficient this vehicle is going to be. It is going to march (laughs) slowly towards you and you are going to be terrified and there's nothing you can do. And you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Even if you take some of them down, like there's still nothing you can do. So, which makes them even better, I think. Yeah. In the author's defense, they did note that while watching the movie, they enjoy them, but from a purely from an engineering perspective, they are not practical and don't make any sense. Right. Which, yeah. Um, when I shared it with you guys, I mentioned that that is an example of the uber practical, uh, practical, uh, critique that I try to avoid. 
but fell into with The Last Jedi, I think, um, when I was criticizing the trajectories of the plasma bolts through space and things like that. But I tried to check my science at the door and suspend my disbelief when watching a movie. On the note of suspension of disbelief and making excuses for things, um, so beyond the fact that the whole, well, maybe I shouldn't talk about that. That's kind of spoilery. Spoilers ahead. I probably shouldn't go into Last Jedi spoilers. What do you mean you shouldn't go into Last Jedi spoilers? I, I was about to say something. Oh, well, okay. But this is not they a can, Last Jedi yeah. spoiler episode, so never mind. You're right. Never mind. They could have skipped the whole episode. They can't. don't want to skip this. There is a moment where something happens, and anyway, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> can you whisper it so that only we can hear? Do you want me to tell you guys? <laughs> yeah, I do. Do you want me to tell you guys and then cut sure. it? Sure. Okay, so the when the... The thing, the light speed attack, and it's silent and everything. I've said before, the sound in space in a lot of the books was described as an internal feedback system in the ships to mm -hmm. provide situational awareness. The silence of the hyperspeed, hyperspeed, hyperspeed attack, I couldn't help but have my brain immediately go to the thought, it makes sense that the feedback system would have no way of processing this. So that it makes sense that that would be like the one thing that would be silent mm. because there's, there's nothing programmed in to explain that in auditory terms. If there was, that would be surprising. Like, why do we have the sentry in the database for sounds, Bob? <laughs> hey, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when did the last Jedi come out? Uh, I'm trying 15th, to find that article 16th. so I can put it in Trello. Hmm. 15th or 16th. I passed it up. So continuing with Last Jedi, do we have another fin fact? Um, we do have another fin fact, but not about Finn from The Last Jedi. Oh. The fun Finland fact for this week is that Finland has the most heavy metal bands per capita of any country in the world. Nice. Yeah. I'm a little surprised it's not Norway, but Finland works. Or Sweden. They, I mean, like all of the, I guess they're just angry about the cold. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out why do they like heavy metal so much? And in the article, the picture that is associated with that fact is quite frightening. It's from a band called Lordy or something like that. If you listen to heavy metal, you probably have heard of them. But Lord? No, not Lord. Like <sighs> Royals? No. <laughs> No. Uh, Lord, Lord is not. <laughs> I could see somebody not. thinking it was Lordy. Uh, yes. <laughs> I've had people say, I don't like Lordy. <laughs> and I'm like, you mean Lord? Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But no, this is spelled L-O-R-D-I. So I'm assuming it's Lordy. Um, I guess I will send you guys a picture of what I'm talking about, but it looks like a demon. Um, is this a picture of all the metal bands in Finland? <laughs> there are no, dozens it's... of us. <laughs> uh, just, just look up Lordy on Google or something. And there's a picture of one that's wearing a 
Finnish hat or like a, a hat that is the color of the Finnish flag. I'm sorry. I suck at multitasking. Why am I looking this up? <laughs> to be frightened. I don't know. We're talking about it. But anyway. Is, these guys look like the Cole Obsidian or something. The, wait. The the what? Nothing. I, <laughs> the Black Order, rather. The very first photo that showed up for them in my search, which will probably not be the first photo for anybody else. It looks like Thanos's five <laughs> top Lieutenants. agents. Lieutenants. Ah. Yeah. I see. Yeah, the other pictures don't look like that at all. So which, okay. The Obsidian Order? Co- uh, the Black Order? Is that what they're called, Matthew? Oh, the Black Order. Okay. Isn't it the, yeah. Because the Obsidian Order is a thing, too. Cole Obsidian is the name of, wait, no, Cole Obsidian is the whole thing, right? I think. I'm getting this all mixed up. In the movies, they're calling them the Black Order, I think. But they're actually called the Cole Obsidian. But then in the movie, they're calling one of them Cole Obsidian. If. Someone screws up in the movie and calls them the Obsidian Order. I will be happy. Is this a spoiler? No, I don't think so. To Deep Space Nine, maybe? Obsidian Order. Oh, Memory Alpha. (laughs) So it's a Star Trek thing. Yeah. It's the um, spy organization of the Cardassians. Sorry. (laughs) For a second, I definitely heard the Cardassians. Kardashians and I was like yes that's why I'm stickering <laughs> it, that was what I was about to share that anytime I hear someone talk about the Kardashians I think of Kardashians and um, then realize that they're not talking about Star Trek stuff so I get less interested yeah so Dustin that's just yeah Trevor it's both the Call Obsidian and Black Order are okay both the name for the same group of people and then it's just confusing, Dustin, because the, instead of naming one of the characters like they were in the comics, going into Infinity War, they're going. That character is going to be called Cull Obsidian. So it's like, if they had, when they were making the Avengers, decided we don't like Thor, we're just going to call him Avenger. Like it's just confusing. <laughs> or if they called Captain America the first Avenger. <laughs> oh wait. Going back for a moment to the topic of heavy metal, um, I have recently gotten into heavy metal. Um, I've found this band that I dig a lot because I think that's how people talk about heavy metal. You dig a band, right? I don't know. Um, and they are a Finnish band called Heavy Saurus. <laughs> <laughs> the Wikipedia page. <laughs> describes Heavy Saurus as a Finnish heavy metal band formed in 2009 whose music is aimed at children, which in and of itself sounds ludicrous, but uh, the band members dress up as dinosaurs. <laughs> if you don't understand the appeal to this, then you are, uh, you've not been listening to the podcast long enough. They have such great hits as Urinoid. <laughs> about <laughs> that oh my gosh why do you have to pronounce it that way that's the way they pronounce it in the it starts with Finland. a j guys it has nothing to do with i know <laughs> but j's in in finnish are pronounced like y's fine fine okay anyway 
if you listen to the song. So I, I just want to give people some background. <laughs> Before we started recording. But in Latin, the, I, the J is an I. <laughs> The <laughs> oh. Okay, so before we started recording, the question came up, what dinosaurs have been discovered in Finland? And this was what we found. <laughs> Heavy source. <laughs> Which is not actually dinosaurs, but dinosaur adjacent. <laughs> Wait, can I say the origin story of Hebisaurus? Please. <laughs> okay. Everyone prepare yourselves for this. <clears throat> According to legend, five dinosaur eggs made from metal survived the mass extinction some 65 million years ago in the Mountain of Wizards. In the year 2009, witches gathered at the same place. A giant lightning bolt hit the ground and simultaneously created ash and revealed the eggs. From the power of the witch's chance, the eggs exploded open, and five heavy sauruses hatched. Thus giving us the band in the form we know today. <laughs> we will insert a few YouTube videos into the show notes. Um, Dustin already mentioned Uranoid, which appears to be about uh, something or some entity coming from space and wowing all the dinosaurs and leaping into a volcano or something. Um, and the video has concert footage intercut with some sort of hostage situation. <laughs> um, you can watch it for yourself. My personal favorite is um, an ode to the last mammoth. It was, what was the name of that one, Matthew? It was, hold on. I need to. I've v me and an Mamuti. Yes, this one was really touching. It was and mournful. The most loving. <laughs> there, it it opens on a child like tenderly caressing <laughs> a stuffed mammoth. Like it's just, it's an a love song to mammoths. If you really need that in your life, I, I which you, who doesn't? <laughs> you can do she, no better than this. She ascends to some heavenly plane where <laughs> the band in their dinosaur costumes is serenading the last mammoth as he quietly goes to sleep and um yeah <laughs> ascends himself yes <laughs> the uh the keyboard player is by far my favorite um the triceratops yeah exactly why is the triceratops always a girl i don't know i was just about to ask you guys is that a male or a female triceratops i think it's a girl because of the eyelashes i had that impression as well. Oh, I didn't notice eyelashes. I wasn't sure why I felt it was a girl, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is clearly a girl. Uh, she seems to be the only girl in the band. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh no, no, no. The drummer I think is also a girl. The one that was rap saran wrapping everyone <laughs> <laughs> in the hostage situation. Yes. I do. <laughs> the important thing you need to know is that this isn't just some random novelty group. This is a group that has made it to number one on the Finnish charts in Finland. So the whole country is behind it at various points. Because why not? <laughs> because why not? Oh, and the band members, Hera Hevisaurus, Millie Pilly, Compy Mompy, Riffy Raffy, and Muffy Puffy. Isn't Millie Pilly the uh, keyboard, yeah. keyboard player? Yeah. I'm going to get a poster of Millie. So this is the the zenith of Better Worlds. 
There's truly <laughs> nothing more we can do for you at this point. I mean, we're going to keep doing stuff, but we just want you to know it's not going to get any better. They have a heavy metal Christmas music with dinosaurs in <laughs> Santa Claus or maybe Yule Goat hats. I'm not sure. What? They have Yule Goat hats as well? Well, This no. is the most better world thing ever. <laughs> I'm just assuming they're Yule Goats because they're, they're in Finland. But <laughs> you guys need to click the link I sent you. <laughs> Is it the most recent one? Yeah. It's not in the chat. It's just zooming in really <laughs> uncomfortably. I'm not seeing it in the chat. It's, it's the very top one. It's not there. It's the one that is right below its heavies. Um, I'll send it again. Oh. Oh, never mind. I see. Oh, okay. Tontu heavier. Yeah. Wait, so in Europe, isn't the two fingers... Like the peace sign inverted, like showing the back of the hand, that's flipping off, right? At least in England. I don't know about Europe. Does it, if it, if it carries over to Finland, I definitely got flipped off by a dinosaur in this. <laughs> well, they only have three fingers, so it's kind of hard not to. But, <laughs> he, it was a noticeable gesture. Like it held <laughs> at the. <laughs> Can we read some of the better? YouTube comments. <laughs> All of the children are dancing around him so happily at the <laughs> Oh oh and they're okay. Now they're just destroying everything wantonly. Which I guess that's a heavy metal song for children. What do you expect? I'm forty two, American, and I can't stop listening to this stuff. I have no idea what they're even saying. <laughs> I have witnessed life. I have witnessed death, witnessed all love, all hate. The heavy source transcend all dimensions of metal. I have witnessed all. <laughs> The start of this video seems like we're not going to take it. <laughs> I can't read that one on there. <laughs> if this does not prove Finland is heavy metal country, then what does? That's it, guys. They didn't just win the internet. They now own it. We can go home now. <laughs> that is from user Chupa Thingy. <laughs> on the, uh, they, sorry. They, uh, Vimein and Mamuti. Uh, where did it go? <laughs> ¿Por qué todos los pibitos del video son rubios ojos azules? <laughs> so there you have it. They are famous worldwide. <laughs> For the mammoth one, manly tears running through my face. <laughs> <laughs> I guess tears kind of do like run through because I start in. Yeah. Wait, wait. One of the, um, a comment on this one. And now you see why Finland has more metal bands per capita than any other nation. They start them young on this stuff. I just felt like that. <laughs> and just to be clear, all of these music videos, the band is in costume the entire time that they're playing this stuff. <laughs> Very in yeah. costume. No, they're actual dinosaurs <laughs> that survived the... <laughs> Forgive me. The me- <laughs> okay, oh, uh, a, going back to the top of this... Commenter- Oh, I was going to throw in one more comment. Okay. A ma- someone was describing a mother in the Christmas video who said, who approaches and just is like, I'm cool with this. A man dressed as Santasaurus Rex is making it snow <laughs> in my house and is dancing with my children while throwing our presents around. I'm okay with this somehow. She did seem very okay with it at the end of the video. <laughs> uh, what does that mean? Okay, so what I was going to ask was... um. 
Why did I look up this Lordy picture? Why did you look up the Lordy picture? Yeah. Because it was frightening. Why was I asked to do this? Because it was frightening. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's frightening. Okay. Okay. That's how I think of heavy metal until heavy saurus. Or how I thought of heavy metal. Until your entire paradigm was shifted today. Yeah. <laughs> they make children's heavy metal. This is just I may let my kids listen to this. <laughs> what if they accidentally learn Finnish? <laughs> well, that would be even better. <laughs> oh, well, I yeah, I need to check the lyrics first, I guess. <laughs> Especially that part Matthew was talking about. We know that the last mammoth one is just tender. What one that he was talking about? When the dinosaur flipped him off. Oh, it kind of looked like that, oh. yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think that's I think just, he was just dinosaur hands. <laughs> that's how dinosaurs say hello. Yeah, you don't know what it means in dinosaur culture. Come on. <laughs> the start of cultural dinopology. <laughs> okay, now that we've completely folded back in on ourselves with that, uh, what's <laughs> next? Did we mention on... the movie? <laughs> the... <laughs> <laughs> Very briefly, yes, there is a heavy source movie, and we will attempt to give you a review of it at some later point man i already watched the star wars holiday special over christmas why are you gonna make me watch that but this has five stars (laughs) (laughs) out of 10 dustin out of 10 (laughs) that means half of the people like it (laughs) 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 or they like it halfway (laughs) It can't be that bad. They got a, they won the Emma, which is a Finnish Grammy. So you know that's something. The Emma. It really bothers me that it's not a Finnish Emmy. Because <laughs> then they could have the Emmy is their version of, or sorry, Emma for Emmy, and then they could have like a Grima for the Grammys. <laughs> the Grima sounds like a terrible creature from the woods. <laughs> and then they could have a Tona instead of a Tony. It like takes the shape of grandmothers and like lures children away but is secretly like some horned furry creature or something <laughs> oh man solar f- oh wait the it was produced by solar films wow fairly recent movie too all right well not only if you watch that movie not only will you see the beloved heavy source characters but also rising Finnish actors. (laughs) Oh, so anyway, like we said, that's amazing. Did we have, okay. And we should probably move on because we could probably exhaust that. So the holiday season recently passed. Did you guys play any cool new games with your families? I thought you were going to say, did you guys know that? What? (laughs) (laughs) My family strangely did not get any new games this year. We mostly played the same ones that I talked about on the games episode a year ago. I did, however, get the chance to play Chrononauts with listener Curtis, which we talked about, but I had not played before. Had you actually had a chance to play it, Dustin? I played it for maybe 10 minutes. Okay, so you didn't even do a full game? No, no. The setup mostly. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, we had a chance to actually play through a full game. It's not terribly deep 
as gameplay goes, the gameplay is almost like a slightly better version of Flux, where things are kind of changing, so it's kind of tough to really plan things out. A lot of it comes down to what cards are getting drawn. But the overall concept and kind of the story of what's happening in the cards and everything, that part's pretty fun. So it's not what you want to pick if you want like a deep strategy experience or anything, but uh, it is fun. And the writing, just the cards and stuff are cool. And it is from the makers of Flux. Yes, it is from the makers of Flux. But it's uh, just to recap for anybody who didn't hear that episode a year ago, it's kind of a time travel game. There are all these cards that lay out the timeline and you're collecting various artifacts and stuff. You have an identity and a mission and you're either trying to collect a certain set of artifacts or um, reverse some historical events um, that will affect other things in the timeline so that you can change something like cancel World War II or keep JFK from being assassinated or something. Um, and there, you always have a couple different options of how to win, um, but it's just kind of a fun time travel thing. My family also didn't do a lot of games. We did purchase Bring Your Own Book, but never played it, which made me sad. Um, one game that wasn't new to me, but we hadn't I haven't told you guys about it, is a trivia game called I Know, and it's uh, stylized like iPod, I guess, but all caps on No. And that was... Oh, I, I heard that and was like, I love you, I know. <laughs> that would be good it was a it adds in like betting you are betting on whether other players will get a question right or wrong and so you can get points from that even if you don't get the question right yourself um and so that adds a nice layer for people who aren't super into trivia um, but want to still participate. Is there anything unusual about the trivia itself or just the way that the game is structured? Well, there are four categories. So each card has a prompt for each of those. And then uh, each question has three clues. So what you're doing is first you're kind of betting on yourself, whether or not you can get it in one clue, two clues, or three clues. And you get more points, obviously, if you can get it in one clue. So you place, you take turns and put your token where you think that you can get the answer right. And uh, I guess that's really the the only wrinkle. Okay. Well, trivia is fun, so. Yeah. I'm for it. <laughs> Something I am not for is this uh, Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie that is rumored. The J.J. Uh, Abrams endorsed Tarantino. <laughs> oh, well, if he endorsed it, you know, he's a true fan. So anything he does or endorses or has anything to do with will be amazing. Right. I'm sorry. I'm not bitter at all. I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> Although he himself confessed that he's not really a fan of Star Trek. He learned of it when he started directing it. But are you kidding wasn't me? A fan prior to that. No, I'm not. What? <laughs> if if. That's the way I remember an interview after he directed or after he was announced as the director for Star Wars. Okay. Yeah, I seem to vaguely recall he wanted to do Star Wars because he 
was a fan for Star Wars. Oh, he took Star Trek as like a consolation prize? Yeah. <laughs> but then got Star Wars, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so Condolences all around. I like Tarantino movies. I like Star Trek movies. Real-time follow-up on Heavysaurus. <laughs> I texted Betsy a link to the Uranoid music video, the one with the hostage situation. Uh, and this was about an hour ago. She just responded, why? (laughs) (laughs) That is all. (laughs) Carry on. What were you saying about Quentin Tarantino's alleged Star Trek movie? Well, first of all, you should reply with because (laughs) or something. I don't know. Dinosaurs because dinosaurs. Uh, so yes, I like Tarantino movies. I like Star Trek movies. Um, I think that Quentin Tarantino would do a good job directing films. And if it was a situation where Tarantino was like, man, I love Star Trek. I've been a fan since I was a kid. I've always wanted to direct a Star Trek film. Can I please, please, please please direct this Star Trek film. I have a story and everything. I'd be like, okay, that I'll give it a shot. See what you got. But then when I hear, (laughs) when I hear that it's R rated, then knowing all of the work that he's done previously, I, I don't know. I am assuming that it's going to be a Quentin Tarantino movie in the Star Trek universe rather than, a Star Trek movie. If does that distinction make any difference or make any sense to you guys? Oh yeah, completely. Yeah. So kind of like if JJ Abrams were to make a Star Wars movie, (laughs) that would really be like a JJ Abrams movie. Sorry. I'm not bitter at all. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I feel like there are probably people out there on the internet calling this the Deadpool effect. I haven't seen it, but I assume that you're out there and they're calling it that. Um, wherein studios have realized that they can make obscene amounts of money from R-rated movies. From obscene movies. Yes. And <laughs> so they they don't simply think, okay, we can make those certain movies that f- for some reason, who knows what, need to be rated R. Instead, they're going a step further and saying, now let's do like an R version of everything. Yeah. Uh, and like there there doesn't need to be an R-rated Star Trek movie. There's nothing about Star Trek that needs that. But for some reason they think that they can make a little extra money by doing that, I guess. I don't know. Also, everyone seems to love Game of Thrones and think that everything needs to be more like Game of Thrones. At least that's a, a sentiment that I find that I encounter. Yeah. That would be why they're doing five spin-off shows. What? Pardon? That's how I, that was my reaction when I saw that they were like, oh, it's this is in the show's ending at the next season. It does. But don't worry, there's five spinoffs in the works. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. I love fantasy. I watch Game of Thrones all the time. So now that we're depressed. <laughs> it's time for Heavy Saurus to work out all of that. <laughs> Send her the, the mammoth song. Oh. <laughs> 
We shouldn't have looked up the lyrics for that. <laughs> well, she sent me another message that said, what is this? Why did this happen to me? So I'm not sure she wants more Hippiesaurus. <laughs> Send her the mammoth. <laughs> so the word, what is it, the last mammoth? Is that what it's called? I think essentially. So it reminds me of the word vienen in Spanish, which is like they come. So I just am reading this as the mammoth. The mammoths are coming or something like that, hmm. which would be kind of Seems a cool legit. song too. <laughs> That just made me think of an alternate version of American history where instead of the British are coming, it was the mammoths are coming. And then everyone just gets really excited. And they found a new country that way. So since it's the holidays, I've been reading a lot because I have time to do that. And I recently read a book that Trevor gave me over a year ago. And at first, I was only going to be pushing through the book because Trevor gave it to me. Um, I was not thrilled about the beginning, um, but it turned out to be quite enthralling and a page turner. Uh, The book is called Red Rising, and it's part of a trilogy. Though, looking through Goodreads, it seems that he's also writing other stories related to it, kind of like... um, in the Ender universe, how there are, there's the Ender, what is it, Quintet now? Right. And then the Shadow series, and I'm assuming other things after yes, that. Other things. There's a prequel trilogy, and now he's started a sequel trilogy, even though he hasn't wrapped up the main Ender arc, because he's supposed to be writing another sequel into what I guess will be the Ender Septet. Or no, he's suppo- I think he's... I think he's supposed to be doing a crossover that wraps up both the Ender series and the Shadow series. Hmm. But instead, he's now started doing a series about the... um, The first book is called Children of the Fleet, and it's about the people who first settled the colonies after the fleet is done with the war, but can't go home. Um, Anyway... There seems to be a lot of writers getting distracted with other projects going around. (laughs) Or just writers getting distracted with writing nothing. So I guess I'm glad he's writing something. Uh, Yeah. Rather than doing like Patrick Rothfuss and just not writing anything. Patrick Rothfuss is the guy who wrote Name of the Wind. So he hasn't started anything on the last one? He's probably started it, but the end the actual arrival of the third book doesn't seem to be in sight. Hmm. I've still only read the first one, but But he's been doing a lot of like publicity tours and stuff. Anyway, I think what's going on with red rising is that the author whose name I can't remember Pierce Brown, Pierce Brown. I think he just started a second trilogy. Ah, so the red rising is the first book of, a trilogy and then he decided to write a follow-up trilogy to go with it which at first seemed like a really bad idea but i'm kind of on board with it now i haven't read it but <laughs> just thinking about the concept i read what the concept for it is and it makes sense have you read the entire trilogy yes i have i ordered the second one from the library it should be arriving soon the beginning i think the beginning of red rising kind of drags and it took me a while to get into it um, 
the second and third one don't really have that problem since you're already invested. Mm-hmm. They just kind of keep charging ahead. Well, and my my issue was when I started reading, I thought, man, this sounds a lot like Hunger Games. And then as I was reading, there were more elements of the story that were even closer to Hunger Games. And I didn't like the Hunger Games. I only read the first book and then didn't go any further with it. Um, I know that I'm in probably the minority of readers of this genre uh, in that respect. So if you like the Hunger Games, then you probably wouldn't have that same slow start. Well, I guess you like the Hunger Games, Trevor, and you also felt like it was kind of draggy at the beginning. Right. For me, it was not so much that it was draggy. It was more of like, I'm not going to like this book. This is going to be bad. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The nature of the book changes so drastically after like maybe the first third. So it's kind of the background that it gives is kind of deceptive. Mm-hmm. It's almost like if you watched A New Hope and you're like, man, this desert planet thing is really boring. <laughs> and then stopped. Yeah. <laughs> But like yeah. they're still going to go to the SR and have the trench run. So just keep watching. Moisture farming, I'm out. <laughs> this is a book that's on my large-ish backlog on my Kindle to eventually get to. Okay, nice. So thank you, Trevor. You're welcome. The specific merits of this book um, don't entirely focus around action. But I do want to mention that this author does a really good job writing action. And usually action and fight scenes and books, honestly, I find them to be pretty boring most of the time because it's really tough to write it in a way that makes it interesting. But he does it really well. And as soon as I finished the third book, my first thought was, this guy has to, like, Lucasfilm needs to get this guy writing Star Wars books. I know he's probably got other projects he wants to do, but he should sprinkle some Star Wars books in there because uh, they could use some better action writing. <laughs> and my wishes have been granted, at least partially. Yes. In the book, Star Wars from a Certain Point of View, which is another book that I've been reading this break, um, I received it as a Christmas, or not a Christmas, a birthday present. And was kind of, I thought it would just be shelf candy for because I've never read a Star Wars book and I've seen the movie A New Hope, so I don't really need to read the novelization of it. Um, but then I read the description of the book and it's not the novelization of A New Hope. It's A New Hope told through the eyes of marginal characters. And um, there's like 40 different authors that write, they each write a chapter and a short story um, told from the perspective of a minor character in the story in uh, A New Hope. And it's really enjoyable. I um, My only complaint so far has been that once it gets into, like there are 60 pages worth of Cantina and there's kind of some overlapping characterization that doesn't seem to um, 
it doesn't seem to agree. And so uh, in that area, it's not, I guess, the best idea to have 40 different people writing stories that need to interlock. But this is the first uh, time that I've noticed that. Like, all the others have been pretty independent stories. So I didn't realize it was quite as structured as you're describing. I've been excited for this ever since they announced it even before I knew Pierce Brown was involved uh, simply because I heard that it was 40 short stories from marginal characters perspectives in celebration of the 40th anniversary of a new hope coming out. And that was all that you heard. That was enough to sell me on it. Um, The fact that it's that structured is really interesting as for the differences that you're seeing in the different chapters. Uh, This kind of reminds me of something that Pablo Hidalgo has talked about. He's one of the members of the Lucasfilm story group and people will frequently kind of go after him. Like this doesn't seem entirely consistent. What's canon? Like there's this slight discrepancy here and I have to know exactly what the canon fact is. His response to that has been basically to say, even with historical events, we frequently don't know exactly what happened and not even historical, but even stuff happening right now. If you ask people what happened two days ago, they might describe it differently. And so Mm -hmm. they're both true from a certain point of view, but you're getting different perspectives Mm. on the facts of what happened. And so that's why seemingly contradictory things can both be canon. That's a good uh, explanation of it. Thanks for bringing that there's even something in the show star wars rebels that i won't go into because it's kind of spoilery but some people were questioning whether some events in rebels had brought into question anakin's identity as the chosen one um the chosen one of prophecy um because some things that other characters said and they're like oh well this these characters said this so it must be true and the answer is that character believes that <laughs> like, right. The fact that the character said that only means that that character believes it, not that it is like the ultimate truth. Right. Like characters say what they believe. So shocker. Um, a chapter that I'm looking forward to is from the perspective of a mouse droid and it's all like programming. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So the more you tell me about this, has the like, more excited I get. I love mouse droids so much. Is there a gonk droid chapter? Uh, I have no. I don't oh. think there is. Okay. Well, I guess sadly, I but can't win them all. Right. There is a chapter told from the perspective of a Jawa, and that was fun. I didn't know so much about uh, the Tuscan people. Now, I see. I am now deep into Star Wars lore. <laughs> because I've I've been reading the novel. I've I've been um relying pretty heavily on Wikipedia for these characters and species that I was not familiar with. Does the book refer to them as the Tuscan people? No. Okay. Um cuz it's kind of racist. Why? Um they I think so the chapters are from the perspective of this what are we supposed to call them? Sand people? Um, yeah. They call themselves raiders. They call themselves raiders? 
I think. It's been a while since okay. I read those chapters. Well, I mean, this I'm talking about old Legends stuff anyway. In Back in the day when Legends was the thing, um, it seemed like sand people would be the racist term, but the canon background of the term Tusken Raider was that they were called that by other people because of a big attack on a town or settlement called Tuscan. They had been really bad. So it's almost like oh, if you started calling all Middle Eastern people after some terrorist attack or something, it's kind of equivalent to that. So um, in the context of legends, Tuscan Raider was like the most racist thing you could call them, but who knows what it means now. I'm not quite up on the times on that term, I guess. Uh, so in a chapter, they call themselves Tuscans, like Tuscan younglings, Tuscan life. Okay. But they also say no sand person. So maybe now like Tuscan has more to do with their actual origin and they consider themselves raiders or like warriors or something. So maybe it's more positive now. Right. Yeah. Matthew, have been, you been seeing any new movies lately? Oh, um, yeah. I did want to bring up just as a point of interest that I recently watched a new Netflix exclusive movie that went up that I don't know if either of you have heard of, but basically I just saw a preview for it and thought, oh, that seems interesting enough. It is called Bright, and it is set in a world that is pretty much the same, except there are fantasy races built into like our modern world. So it's set in LA and it has Will Smith as a cop and his cop partner is an orc. And then there are like elves. It basically they orcs and elves are the main things that are there. But then I think they make mention of like dwarves. I, there are other like little magical creatures running around. So I saw that and I was like, Oh, so they're going to make some like goofy. I I don't know. The thing I saw, the preview I saw, I was like, Oh, it could just be like a goofy buddy comedy, but with an, or like some fancy elements that seems interesting enough. And I tend to enjoy Will Smith. So um, I know it's not the (laughs) group opinion here, but the, uh, so because that I decided to watch it and it is, the maybe the first movie on uh, maybe not. it it's a movie that i watched on netflix and then at the end i was like i have no idea what to rate this i can't even decide on a thumbs up or thumbs down on it it what? it was that ambivalent not ambivalent it's just like it was not it's not a good movie but i don't know <laughs> if i want to go so far as to say I dislike it, but I don't think I can go far enough to say that I liked it. I just, (laughs) I have too many. So don't rate it. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I feel like not rating it is the correct choice in this. If it were stars, what would you do? Uh, If it was stars, I'd probably, oh, I can't do two and a half, can I? (laughs) (laughs) But three is 50%, because one is zero, remember? Yeah. So I just, (laughs) I just want to throw out when I, I went in expecting a comedy, like I said, just fantasy, but with the, some fantasy elements to it. I was very disabused of that notion very quickly. It's 
it's got jokes in it, but it's not a comedy. Um, they, in the first fi- 10 to 15 minutes of the movie, started to make it seem like they were going to use the uh, fantasy classes as a way to do commentary, like social commentary for us on like race and class and things like that. And I was like, oh, this could be very interesting. And they pretty much like they set up that and then just didn't do very much with it through the rest of the movie. And it kind of turned into a generic action set PC thing. And I was kind of disappointed in that. I felt like they squandered a lot of um, potential there and I would have been much more interested in that. And it's also one of those movies that wasn't over the top violent, but at some points it was like, okay, there's a lot of blood and viscera here like do we really need to see this um so i don't know i'm not even recommending it i'm just kind of saying that i watched it and i'm not sure it's worth watching but apparently netflix liked it enough that they made a seat they've already greenlit a sequel you mentioned (laughs) social commentary and for some reason i'm just imagining will smith is still walking around talking about how he doesn't like robots yeah (laughs) i was i've been wanting to ask if there were any robots in the there were zero robots was he the last man or last human in los angeles there were very many humans okay so the (laughs) the rough class structure were is that elves are at the top they're very rich and separate humans kind of occupy upper middle class all the way down to the lower rungs and orcs are at the very bottom. Where are the dwarves? Ever since you said that his partner was an orc, I've been waiting for a window to say, looks like buddy cop comedies are back on the menu, boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, they just make mention of dwarves and they don't show them. So I have no idea how to process what, where dwarves are in that. Maybe in this universe, dwarves are invisible energy beings. <laughs> Um, Occam's razor, my friends. <laughs> they're diminutive energy beings. They're yeah. Um, oh, and also, there's a random part of it that just decides to start occurring in a strip club for no reason whatsoever. That I hate it when movies do that. That, Why is that? shows. For no reason whatsoever, exactly what you would expect in a strip club. And it's like, we're sitting there like, oh, this was not advertised. I don't, why, why is this? Th- I can tell you why. Are there the- centaurs? There was a, li- no, there were <laughs> In the humans. strip club? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm imagining, like, mythical beasts. Um, They, oh, the, the whole reason it was there was because they wanted Will Smith to be yelling a line about, like, we're going to die in this or something though we can bleep that out if we need to i was doing kind of a quote of what he said but that was the only reason it was in there he just wanted he yelled that many times and he i'm he might have yelled a different phrase that i'm not going to repeat because (laughs) i don't like using the phrase he used um sounds like they're trying to make the next snakes on a plane or something it was basically something to that effect but i think that's the only reason that occurred there um and yeah, like I said, I was more, and then sometimes the gore level was over what I, so I don't know. I, it was something that like the general premise was. What color did the orcs bleed? I think just red. 
it was dark. It was very dark. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie's called Bright. <laughs> so some of the writing, too, was just very, like, generic fantasy-ish. No. And they didn't do a good... What? <laughs> <laughs> like, even underdeveloped from what you would expect of generic fantasy-ish. Okay. Like, for instance, they were saying, like, oh, no, we've got to stop. Like, there are these magical objects around that we have to, that are essentially, like... We have to collect the MacGuffins. Well, they didn't have to collect it, but they were, like, we need to be afraid of it. And the magical objects are just called wands. It's, like, you couldn't have come up with a better name than, like, oh, no, a wand is there. (laughs) Are they actually wands? Uh, They were big, arky, electrical, yeah, they were kind of wands that electric sticks yeah something like that but they also bright is the name of people who can use wands and actually do magic with them uh (laughs) this reminds me of the way most zombie movies exist in a world where the word zombie doesn't exist and so they come up with random terms like walker or whatever because like nobody (laughs) wants to use the word zombie it's like dude you can just say wizard (laughs) i was still in the zombie mode (laughs) dude you can just call him wizards (laughs) that'd be a weird zombie movie so there would just be like (laughs) things where like someone would be using that and they're like oh my gosh that person's a bright yeah that's really because i guess they didn't think what say source that's it's just really unnecessary just say wizard or sorcerer or something or magic sensitive magician it's a magician they are magic users they did have all the elves speaking in an elvish language which i don't i really wasn't thought wondering like did they make this up are they just like having them talk in russian or something like i don't know what the language they were doing was i bet imdb knows darn i was totally on board with not paying any attention to this but then you said the thing about the language and now i feel like i have to watch just to see if i can suss that out yeah I'm probably going to watch it now. Uh, okay, just be warned. Not because of the language. Well, there, also, there's a language warning, by the way. I'll probably watch the first few minutes and hope to hear an elf speak. Um, You'd have to go further in than the first couple minutes. There's only certain elves that do it. Why is it rated TVMA if it's a movie? Wait, didn't you hear me say the reasons why it's rated that apparently? <laughs> no, I, no I, I'm wondering why it's not given a traditional movie rating. Oh, okay, got you. Because it's on... But I guess TV movies probably are rated like that. There's not... That's weird, though. Because Netflix usually releases their movies in a theater to whatever degree they need to to be eligible for an Oscar. This is not in that running by (laughs) any means. It's... uh, When I saw this, I was like, "Hmm, I understand why this... (laughs) is a Netflix movie because no studio would touch this with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> and Netflix was like, eh, we'll take a chance on crap. Why not? Uh, hmm. I partially wonder if, like, Will Smith didn't want to just... Oh, and I think I read later that it was directed by um, the Suicide Squad director. Oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Now I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I. You're welcome. You guys... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you were talking about uh crappy movies. Have you seen this movie called uh what is it? Dragon Wars? <laughs> Step off, man. <laughs> Wasn't that in theaters? 
in some part of the world. <laughs> Dragon Wars was amazing. I don't know what you're talking about. It was the high at that point in time, like the highest grossing movie in South Korean cinema of all time. <laughs> Did we make you watch that, Dustin? No, no, you've never. Okay. I've never seen it because I bought the DVD and rewatched it after seeing it in the theater. It wasn't nearly as good the second time. So it's not it. It lacked the the Last Jedi effect. But yeah, <laughs> it's a kind way of saying it. Oh, Dustin, now this reminds me. With that Suicide Squad director, every time I see his name, I really just want someone to say like, David Iyer, that guy's so yesterday. His last name is A-Y-E-R, Iyer. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> nice. Spanish jokes. <laughs> Anyway, that's as much as I think we need to say on that. So don't I my I don't think I would recommend that movie to anyone. <laughs> so did you say that Bright does have like a TV rating? Yeah, M A TV M A. Maybe they're going for an Emma reward award. Emma Emma award. An Emma? No, that's <laughs> they're not going for a Finnish Grammy. Trevor, <laughs> you, you never know. Was there some catchy? heavy metal in there i do kind of want to see like uh there was a lot of rap i guess did you see dinosaurs playing um instruments it could have been implicit in the dark night of um the los angeles okay and one other thing i'm gonna actually complain about in this they specifically say like a wand like only someone who is a bright can touch it and use it anyone else will be burned to death immediately while just by touching it everyone in the movie tries to touch the wand constantly like just everyone's (laughs) trying to go for it and they're like i can use this to grant my wishes like no you're an idiot it's going to kill you in fact it does kill many people who spoilers get their hands on it and touch it that aren't brights i don't understand the logic of everyone in that world at all it's like bugs to a zapper I <laughs> it's like Nazis to an Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> it's like Raptors to a shirtless Jeff Goldblum and being unable to kill him. <laughs> I don't think that happened anywhere. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the subtext of the movie. Dustin. <laughs> um. Anyway, so also related to Netflix that I wanted to point out just as a very brief PSA, they did a sequel to the Planet Earth documentary series, and it is now up on Netflix for watching. Hooray. And I've been watching some of it, and it is enjoyable. Hooray. It also involved a heroic jaguar who is a specialist hunter, and it had an amazing scene in this where the jag- you're, they're just narrating, the jaguar is a specialist hunter, and you're like, oh, I wonder what he's going to do. You see him pounce, and then he pulls out a full caiman and is killing and eating a caiman. And you're like, oh, good something's hunting those and thinning those out that's awesome and then while they're filming that they do a cut over and there is a capybara watching this with its mouth just open (laughs) 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 it's just standing there in what to us looks like a gesture of intense disbelief and awe so when you said it was a specialist hunter i was imagining the jaguar hanging from a tree branch by its tail and then just like (laughs) dropping down grabbing something with its claws and then like raising back up into the tree like i don't know (laughs) spider-man or batman or something 
And when you said hanging from a tree by its tail, I imagined with a bow and arrow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, the first Planet Earth was good. This one is seeming to be good as well. So if that matters to you, it's up there for the viewing. That sounds much better than Bright. It, I can 100% say everything I've seen in Planet Earth 2 thus far is miles better than Bright was. Do they have any jerk orcas? Um, they, If they do, I haven't gotten to it yet. They're such jerks. I hate them. Basically, if they show you anything cute and then they show you an orca, you know the cute thing's going to die. They can show you anything like anything with an orca and the thing is going to die. They never show you orcas like just doing anything else. They're like, here's some, like there was literally another whale in some other documentary I was watching. Yeah. Where they're like, well, here's a whale. They've decided to all gang up and kill the whale. It's dead now. And sometimes they just kill for fun and then leave. Yeah. So we're not the only ones, I guess we should call them killer whales. (laughs) You, this is the, official better worlds recommendation against or anti endorsement of orcas wait we talked about caimans and we can't give a, an official recommendation against all crocodilians we have I like crocodiles an anti endorsement for Did, wait dustin likes crocodiles what? i like crocodilians oh oh dear get out of here you kidding me no i'm not kidding you um well this is i'm gonna just back <laughs> out here because i feel like there's a um stare down happening that is i don't want to be caught in the middle of this toodles <laughs> he actually muted himself <laughs> he did mute himself um well okay let, let's just gloss over that but let's pretend that didn't happen killer whales i feel like killer whale has lost its impact and i think we should rename them murderer whales <laughs> Honestly, we could go at, like, genocide whales or something. They're not too far off of that. They just seem to, like, see life and want to end it. I think murder whale has a nice ring to it. Oh, murder whale is better than murderer murderer whale. I would say right. homicide whale, but then it's not actually homicide because they're not killing people. <laughs> yeah. It would be pesticide? No, that's side not right because they're killing whales. Um, life side? Cetacea side? Would that be But right? they kill penguins and seal and seal pups marina side anything and people probably <laughs> small children um bioside like they just will kill anything related to life the only thing interesting about murder whales is that <laughs> <laughs> they do have cultures so that is interesting based on killing but yes it is actually based on killing like how they hunt is different in different parts of the world and lots of humans have cultures based on killing. Some of them are specialists. Like they will, they specifically and go and hunt. What? They use bows and arrows. <laughs> <laughs> no, they pounce on caimans. <laughs> like some of them will only go and hunt like seals or penguins or something. I'm Im- <laughs> with bows and I'm arrows. I'm imagining yes. now the, the capybara, you cut to the capybara as mouth is open, you cut back and then an, a murder whale comes out, of the Amazon and eats the jaguar and the caiman <laughs> and then the capybaras it cuts back to the capybara and its eyes are just huge <laughs> and its mouth is open <laughs> could they breathe the fresh water of the Amazon they don't they breathe air oh they do never mind that's just the stupidest <laughs> thing I've said all 
Could they breathe the fresh air of the Amazon? <laughs> Could they float in the fresh water of the Amazon? I think it might be too shallow for them would be the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it would be. I was worried about the reduced buoyancy. Uh, you're worried about a murder whale? No, not, not worried. I mean... <laughs> the murder whale isn't more worried about you. Worried was the wrong word. <laughs> the lower density of... The I am uh, academically interested in how a large blubberous mammal would be able to maneuver less buoyant water. Um, well, fresh water is less buoyant, right? It's less dense. So, um, less, uh, yeah, yeah. Some of the Amazon is pretty muddy, so maybe that would have a... I mean, like, do, there are river dolphins. I say less buoyant. I mean, provides, like, things in it are less right. buoyant. Right. I understood what you meant. I was just yeah. trying to be more precise. I like to think that the murder whale would just sink to the bottom. I think that that's probably what would happen. Or it might just rise up just out of pure malice. <laughs> I think it would be propelled by hate. <laughs> That's a good point. And murderous intent. Isn't there some manner of porpoise or dolphin in the Amazon? Yes, that's what Matthew just said. Yeah, there's river dolphins. River dolphins, okay. I think there's actually, they're continually finding more subspecies. Nice. We got to have someone there to fight the crocodilians. Yeah, we don't have any problem with dolphins. Meh. Okay. I, I know. I, I was baiting you, Matthew. Moving on. <laughs> so moving on before we, this just turns into like, and I hate this marine mammal and this marine. I'm Have okay. you guys read Moby Dick? <laughs> they take care of whales. Can we talk about like sea lions or something? I'm pro sea lion. <laughs> Until someone gives me some reason not to be. I've heard they're pretty brutal too. They seem so playful. Weren't one of you guys a seal clubber? In that one <laughs> the Kingdom of Loathing game. It's a game, guys. It's a game. It's a video game. <laughs> and the name. <laughs> the seals are demon seals. They're literally like you fight like Gorgorok the demon seal or something. The you infernal do... demon seal. No, I don't think either of us played a seal clubber. We had another friend who did. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. I played a turtle tamer. He was a turtle tamer. The turtles also like would voluntary, voluntarily submit themselves to be body armor. Matthew, what did you play as? I was a disco bandit. <laughs> did we name the game did we say what we're talking about oh kingdom of loathing i just love the basic setup it was for kingdom of loathing that said something to the effect of like a long go a long time ago in this kingdom everyone existed and loathed each other equally and i just feel like it's a nice baseline state <laughs> <laughs> i never played the game but based on your knowledge of my Seal Clubber. Video game. Oh, jeez. I was hoping that wasn't the case. <laughs> the Seal Clubber is the fighter. You'd oh, be man. the Seal Clubber. <laughs> the Turtle Tamer is the tank class. Yeah. You would not be a Postomancer or a Sorcerer. I don't think you'd be an Accordion Thief, and you probably wouldn't be a Disco Bandit. <laughs> I kind of was assuming I would be a Seal Clubber or a Turtle Tamer, but yeah. Is the Disco Bandit the Rogue? Yes. Okay. Accordion Thief is clearly the bard. And then the Postomancer and the Sorcerer are the Mages. mage classes. So they cause pasta to rise? You can summon pasta and they can craft it into delicious recipes. And sometimes mm. they can like summon noodle elementals to do attacks and stuff. <laughs> is this game still a thing? As a turtle tamer, I spent most of my time making goat cheese pizzas to sell (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, it is still a thing. Hmm. I believe we still have a clan. <laughs> With three people in it. Can I join the clan? You probably could. Would you guys still play? Um, I'd have to get back into it. I have not played it in a very long time. But they don't delete your account anymore. The very first time I played it in high school, if you didn't log in for, I want to say it was 30 days, your account was auto-deleted. Wait a second. They have West of Loathing. That's a different uh, thing. That's a new yeah. game, which is Western-themed. Right, I can tell. <laughs> I guess <that's>... <laughs> <laughs> it could have been about, like, I don't know, the Valinor or something. The Valar. Okay, but anyway, it says buy partner this is a paid game i have to buy this west of loathing you might need to oh kingdom of loathing yeah west of loathing is like an actual video game kingdom of loathing is a stick figure adventure rpg which is free and online and they make money through various like special items you can buy but you can play the vast majority of the game for free Okay. Yeah, I guess well. it's a microtransaction, but you don't ever. There's absolutely no need to do it. Like it's not even right. It's just that it. You can get powerful stuff by doing it, but you don't need to. I don't know. I'm just describing how microtransactions sell themselves nowadays. <laughs> but I, it might even be so. Like there's familiars, which are like sort of little creatures that can come with you and help you. There might be one that isn't necessarily all that powerful, but it's like it has some specific theme to it like it's a reference to some book that you like and you want it so you pay them a few dollars for it so what's the other class in your clan hmm? you said there were three people in your clan oh the the other person is a seal clubber ah. can't have two seal clubbers yes you can there are many seal clubbers <laughs> it's full of demon <laughs> seals demon seals <laughs> They literally spawn forth from a hell dimension and they need to be beaten back lest the world be overrun. <laughs> what was the name of Kortoth? Let's just say Kortoth. <laughs> that does sound pretty That's not actually hellish. That came up earlier today. I was driving to Ikea and I heard this weird sound off like by some industrial area I was driving by and I said to Betsy did I just hear a portal open into Quartoth? <laughs> <laughs> that's not from the game. That's actually from Angel. Yeah. Uh. Um, okay. So that is an interesting. Oh, I do want to get back to um, what we were actually going to discuss. But <laughs> um, a few brief things, because uh, I know we haven't done this in a little while, of dinosaur news. Um, woo! One, I'll go with the... I'll go slightly out of order from what we have here. The There's only two of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm going slightly out of order. So the... <laughs> now it is the order. Um, a, there was just a news article I saw that I thought was kind of neat. They There was a Chinese construction crew that was just digging, building stuff. And then like while they were doing that, they discovered a whole batch of dinosaur eggs that are fossilized dinosaur eggs that were <laughs> just neatly arranged and like entirely intact. And I was like, I wish our construction crews did that like much more regularly. Cause you don't hear about that. Often in the U S I feel like you hear them saying like, we want to we want to build something here, but it's thought there could be dinosaur bones. Could we just ignore that and destroy the area? 
I feel like I see that more often than like. Or we just never hear about it because they sweep it under the rug immediately so that they're not slowed down. Yeah. They sweep the dust under the rug. Yes. The pulverized bones. Well, fossils. But they think they, just because of what else has been found in the area, they think they the nest of eggs is a bunch of oviraptor eggs, which is funny because those are the raptors that feast on eggs. So there's some level of irony that their eggs are the ones that survived or a were fossilized and survived. So I don't know, just kind of neat. We'll have that link to the article in show notes if you want to peruse at your own leisure. And then our second news item of dinosaur goodness is that um, apparently, so anyone who is a reader of dinosaur comics knows that there is a large species of raptor called a Utah raptor. And if you have that, that literally correlates to a state, you would think that the state would probably say, this is a good idea to have as a straight, our state fossil. Utah's state fossil is in fact not the Utah raptor. And a young boy in Utah is seeking to amend this by petitioning his state legislators to fix the fact they have a state fossil, which is the Allosaurus. And he said, look, we have a dinosaur named after us. That's like the only place it's found is here in Utah. We really should just make Utah Raptor the Utah state fossil. And I, we're, again, we'll put the article link in the show notes for you as well. But I feel like um, there was something where the state legislator he was talking to was like, huh, interesting. I didn't know we had a state fossil. <laughs> that that should be like day one I know, of right? becoming a legislator. <laughs> you find out what your fossil is. Maybe even meet it. The boy's father notes that he told drafting attorneys, the bill's fine, but Utah Raptor needs to be one word, not two. Yeah. I have so much yeah. respect for this family. <laughs> yeah. Some people out in the American West take pride in their fossils. And, oh, that's one of the cases actually where they, I know they didn't destroy everything. Is like when they were building the Colorado Rockies Stadium, we might have said this before, they discovered very like in the digging, like, oh, there's Triceratops fossils here. And they just completely ran with it. Like they made a Triceratops, the mascot of the Colorado Rockies. They honored and saved the fossils. So similar story with the Nashville Predators hockey team. Oh, yeah. They found Smilodon uh, fossils when constructing. So apparently the journalists also asked the 10 year old who would win a fight between the the current state fossil and the proposed state fossil or dinosaurs rather and he gives like a probably an appropriate question full answer yeah yeah but i appreciate that the article addresses this <laughs> like a full paragraph i mean the utah raptors would probably be pack hunters so that's exactly what the 10 year old said oh i don't know if i read that part utah raptor it might be slightly smaller than the allosaurus but it's smarter Scientists also believe Utah raptors hunted in packs, so Allosaurus may have been outnumbered in any confrontation. Also, they didn't they live in vastly different periods? I don't actually know. I know that Allosaurus was a Jurassic, but and I'm assuming I've always assumed that Utah raptor was in the Cretaceous, but I don't yeah. actually know that for sure. Well, I think that's the case because that would meet you started small and got bigger, and that's the biggest raptor. So I would right. That's typically how dinosaurs went. Anyway. I was 
sad for Allosaurus because now it's not a state dinosaur anywhere. And it's a good dinosaur. Oh, state fossil. They're good. Di- it's okay. Yeah, okay. Sorry. State fossil. We really need to make a movement to have state dinosaurs, but I think we're yes. several with, you know, that's one step at a time. I propose that states adopt multiple dinosaurs as their state fossils because there are really too many to choose from. I don't think Tyrannosaurus rex is the state fossil for any t- uh any state either i know montana jump on that it doesn't really need the publicity montana has oh i had a list up earlier okay um utah raptor is early cretaceous allosaurus is late jurassic just to confirm the speculation thank you si montana's is the myosaurus Nah, those are nice. I can't complain. If you are enjoying Better Worlds, you can help us spread the word by liking, rating, or reviewing the show on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen. You can find the show notes for this episode at betterworlds.net slash podcast slash 27 you can find us on Twitter at BetterWorldsNet. Thanks for listening. Go then. Hashtag heavy sores.